cutting edge guests, awesome, uncensored, jaw-dropping information, plus funny memes, good deeds, and loads of laughter. Kinda have it all. Ladies and gentlemen, if your soul is awake, then welcome, because you're in the right place. All right, uh, Divine Lions and Lionesses, welcome back to the Sovereign Soul Show. This is an incredible roundtable. You know we stand for love, levity, and liberty because love is the greatest power in the universe. It is written as so. Going to have some levity here because it's all about liberty, freedom for humanity, and focusing on bringing heaven upon earth. And who better to speak to you about that than this roundtable of amazing guests you've seen many times all these familiar faces and Mrs. Sellers hiding in the background here. So we're going to start with the lady first who's present. we got another one who's going to be joining us. We have Mrs. Sellers and Colonel Chuck Sellers, former deputy commander, Delta Force, U.S. Army. He will give you a, a little bit more of a background. We have Bishop Jim O'Connor. Many of you know 19th successful exorcism, which he has performed underground Orthodox Church, going all the way back to Christ, former U.S. Army, airborne, major, combat, decorated, descendant of Charles Carroll, and also punched the demon Cobalt in the face, West Point, 1972, and flew that general officer and the psychic out of the room. So Bishop Jim can update you on all of that. Pastor Archer Pavlowski, no stranger to tyranny, born behind the Iron Curtain under the Soviet communist Nazis' fist, escaped to Canada for the beacon of freedom. And we all know his story, but if you don't know it, we'll share it here because we're focused on taking down the evil, eradicating it for heaven on earth. And on top of that heroic, nationally decorated firefighter, Norman Traversy, get her done, focusing on Gambaru, literally thanked personally by Trump in 2020 for criminally suing Trudeau and the RCMP for sex trafficking, human trafficking, fraud, crimes against humanity, treason, you name it and is going back out at that right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, Nabi has just joined us, descendant of Charles Carroll herself too, and a distant relative to Bishop Jim, who also helped perform that 19th exorcism, and 11-year-old girl right now is free today without demons inside her, thanks to the work they performed this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome. And since we've got Michelle clapping, why don't we start with you and Chuck? And then we'll go from the American side over to Bishop Jim and Abby, and then to the Canadians, right? So we're starting from the bottom. We're going up. How amazing is that? If <laughs> chart, yeah, right. Here we go. So, okay. Colonel and uh, and Mrs. Sellers, you know, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yeah. your, your background. Um, well, Michelle and I, in on April the nineteenth, we'll have been together for forty years, wow. which is a really, really good good thing. We met on. April the 19th in 1984 um, and got married the, the year after that. So we've been together for quite a good good while. Um, <clears throat> I was an Army officer when she met me. I was a captain um, captain in, uh, in 10 Special Forces Group at Fort Devens, Massachusetts. Um, after uh, after that, I ended, up, I ended up going to selection for Delta Force uh, in 1987. I passed that and then spent the next... 17 years in in uh in delta uh retiring out of there in 2004 as the deputy commander um during that during you know the 26 years just short of 26 years in service and uh, numerous numerous combat operations and uh deployments um uh, including beirut and in, um in lebanon in 1983 and 84 um when the marines the marine uh amphibious unit got got blown up there um I was in uh, Just Cause in Panama in 89, 
uh, with the uh, the Noriega capture um, with Delta and the Noriega capture. Then the first Gulf War, spent a lot of time in Colombia during the drug wars, um, uh, two tours in Bosnia, and then most recently, uh, before I retired, two tours in Afghanistan. Wow, amazing. Thank you for your service. And, and for nearly 40 years. Yep, with you the entire time. Incredible and service still here as well. Tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then over to Abby and Bishop Jim, please let the audience know a bit about your guys' background and uh, service that continues on now in spiritual warfare. Actually, Brad, the first time I saw Bishop Jim was on your show with Chuck also. And this was several, yeah, this was maybe a year ago, almost a year ago. And I was like, I know those dudes. And I kept watching but oh a, about a month ago, about a month ago, I finally girded up my loins and called him because his number was on Facebook. Yeah, found him on Facebook, and I just called him, and um, the rest is history. Awesome. <laughs> but as soon as awesome. I saw him, he was on your show, I was like, I know those dudes. <laughs> relatives, relatives well, connecting it's each funny other. How you know someone before you actually meet them, you know? Yeah. Uh, awesome. This awesome. is also awesome. Abby's uh-huh. exorcism. She's. Also a skilled exorcist. I've been wow. dealing with the children, the children, and their eyes change, and they do. They'll go cat-eyed, or they'll go completely black, and yeah. they're vicious. I got a, I took a broken hip for one, but we want her because of that hip. Thank you for your service with yeah. us. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. For 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 this service, it, it is. Thank you so much. I all goes to him, man. I mean, you can see mine's fairly worn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Abby is um, a former Olympian. She was on the 84 Olympic team as, on the equestrian team. It doesn't. That, that, that's <laughs> what you guys do is what's important. And the fact that we got to keep doing it. And this is more spiritual war than anybody knows. Yeah. That's what we got to keep focused on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you. Yeah. And she has the spirit of Maeve. The great Irish uh, warrior queen who was. Uh, well, I made a deal with God. The critters take care of it for me, so I don't have to have blood on my hands. No more <laughs> popping pumpkins. <laughs> the animals take care of it. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank him. And uh, you know my background pretty well, Brad. I think you covered it well in the introduction. Thank you. Oh, and the amazing thing about the meetings, you and Chuck almost met each other in Beirut. You were yeah. an infantry company commander, almost backed him up. And then it was also amazing. Thanks for the shout out and letting us know about the show, Abby, because uh, when we had our very first show, Tier 1 Talk, it was uh, the Colonel and Jim, Bishop Jim, and Michael Jaco, SEAL Team 6. And when they yeah. jumped on the Zoom, they first set, said to each other on Zoom, you know, Colonel Chuck, he's like, you look familiar. And Jake goes, yeah, you look familiar. Were you in Panama? So they met on the ground in the Panama invasion. Here it is all these years later, meeting each other on Sovereign Soul Tier 1 talk. Um, incredible. So still Tier 1. All these men and these women you see here, and I'm just happy to be a host. I'm not talking about myself, but for what they do for humanity. So Pastor Arthur Pavlowski, sir, welcome back as well. You've just returned from D.C. Why don't you let everybody know for all the new audience you know, a little bit about what you've been doing in Canada as the only real voice of God on that side of Western Canada, in my perspective. And then Norman is representing it over here 
for our generation as well, too, out of Ottawa on that side of Canada. This is all, again, my perspective. And, you know, lots of good props to Josh Alexander, your son, Nathaniel, for those generations, too. Please, sir. Welcome. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you so much for having me on your show again. It's always a privilege because this whole thing is always about the information. When I was still back in the business <laughs> realm, we had this saying, information is more valuable than money. Because if you have the right information, winning making money, doing things is easy. It's very easy if you know the right intel, if you have the right information. Um, so I, as you can tell, I grew up behind the Iron Curtain. I have uh, grew up in a messed up country under the boots of the Soviets, uh, Poland. Poland is a very peculiar country because we, historically speaking, we have always been attacked, raped, and robbed uh, by our neighbors and everybody else since the beginning of formation of our nation. So we are, um, I guess, accustomed to tyranny and fighting with tyranny. The last uh, century's struggle was with the Nazis. And of course, when you were celebrating your victory on the streets of your cities, we were taken and enslaved by the Soviets in 1945 until 19. 89. So I grew up in a very peculiar country, but I also grew up in a very peculiar time. With my own eyes, I saw the totalitarian regime and atrocities that they were doing to their own people, but I also saw solidarity movement, um, solidarity with each other when the Polish people finally said enough is enough and they took it to the streets and they did it peacefully. And then I witnessed that liberation of Poland not coming from outside, not with guns and swords, but with sheer numbers of like-minded individuals. So when the COVID showed up here, right away, I said, this is a simply a repetition of history. They are just copy and pasting what was done before. If that's the case, we can also copy and paste and bring the remedy that worked before against the totalitarian regime. So I guess having a background like this, growing up in hell, escaping hell, and seeing hell, uh, you know, approaching, coming again, I have become a very loud voice against it. And because of it, as you know, I paid a price which I do not regret even for a second. I am a proud Canadian that stood with the truckers, stood with the farmers, was from the very beginning part of the convoy on our way uh, away here, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta. I organized rallies, I led rallies, and I'm feeding people. I'm a pastor of two churches churches. I've never stopped doing that. We feed thousands of people in the streets of Calgary. I started over 40 churches in different countries, and I also pastor another church. So, I mean, there's your Arto Pulaski. It's a very, quite a very simple story. Story of a man that have seen this movie before and is yelling, if we don't change the script, our children are going to suffer. Amen to that. And just as a person, that, yeah. is new to the audience and here, you know, Pastor Archer, what he's referring to is he's not regretting for a second what had happened to him. He had spent 50 days. He was taken by the RCMP after giving a 19 minute sermon in Coots, Alberta during the Freedom Convoy two years ago this month. They put him in solitary confinement in a max pod in Alberta for 50, five zero days. Now, his wife and his son, Nathaniel, nor his lawyer could find him because when the RCMP took him, they threw him into the prison. They did not put his name on the records on purpose. And the guards were bribing. These are Canadian Albertan guards 
bribing the inmates to murder him in solitary confinement, stripped nearly naked, laying on a mattress in freezing cold for weeks on end. And the only way he was discovered was through a health checkup by a doctor and a nurse who came into the prison, said, who is this man here? He's not on any list. And here we go. So that's exactly what they do. And that's what we're talking about standing up. And now what he's doing and continuing to stand up and share God's message and word and erase the evil from our lands worldwide. And another man, no stranger to that, contacted by the French resistance, Norman Traversy, get her done, still walking the Gambaru. And sir, welcome back, my good friend Thank and you. soul brother. It's an honor to have you here. Tell Thank everybody you. a little bit about your your background, my friend. And you're looking really nice and spry too. It's great to see Thank you. Very, you. very healthy. Every other time I see you, you get yeah. Yeah. Um I was a firefighter. Well, actually, I, I worked for an accounting firm and I was doing quite well. And then I just decided to join the fire department. So uh I joined the Mississauga Fire Department, had a beautiful wife. Uh, we had a beautiful house in uh, Ontario, the town of Aaron, and uh, three beautiful daughters, very healthy, intelligent. A lot of and I was, uh, yeah. I got That's... injured. Uh, no. One of my not... injuries was a roof collapsed on my head in a fire, and uh, that did my spine in pretty bad uh i was told it was uh 28 maximum medical recovery and they gave me fourteen thousand dollars for that and uh then i couldn't fight fires anymore but i was still working for the fire department and i was driving to work 2006 may 2nd and um, i saw a fully loaded triaxle gravel truck coming north i was going south on mississauga road and this thing at 100K, uh, 60 miles an hour, it drove off the road into the ditch. So I'm in uniform, driving to work. What do you think I did? You I went recorded out. it and spoke to work. <laughs> no. no. I stopped. I called 911. And this thing's in the ditch on its side, leaking fuel. All I can see is what I think is somebody's shoulder down on the, uh, the bottom of the... Uh, vehicle i had to jump a ditch and this with my spinal injury but i was pumped up with adrenaline and uh was using the horns as a ladder to climb up because i thought okay i can't break the windshield but i can break the side windows and, mm -hmm. and drag this guy out and you know i'm thinking heart attack or stroke because why else would he drive off the road in a beautiful sunny morning energy weapons hmm? energy weapons okay. Yeah, that's true. So um, I thought mm -hmm. I'd use the air horns as a ladder to get up there. And I slipped and fell on my butt in the ditch. And uh, I was in agony, but I got up there. And this guy looks up at me from the other side. And uh, we rolled down the window. I didn't have to break it. Dragged him out, got him away from the truck. And there wasn't a scratch on him. And he said what had happened was he had... Uh, dropped his cell phone and he was leaning over to pick it up and that's why he drove off the road so mm -hmm. the police showed up and listed me as the only casualty and i uh, reported this to work and uh 
they put me, I couldn't go to work because of my injuries. And they uh, cut my pay. And the chief, John McDougall, I'd love for him to sue me, but he's a liar. He called the Workplace Safety Insurance Board and said that I was not on duty and I was not expected to rescue people on my way to work. They denied That's me any. wrong with our countries right now. Yeah. So I ended up, uh, because of this, I ended up losing my wife, my house. I lost everything. And uh, I think God put me in that place because he knew I was going to rescue that guy no matter what. And uh, then I thought, okay, we got to fix this. I buried three friends, firefighters, in two years from suicide. And we've got triple the rate of first responder suicides per capita compared to the rest of the country. And it's because of liars like Tom McDougall and Patrick Rammel, uh, who works for the city. They uh, refused to release my uh, employment records. And uh, after 14 months off work, I could go back to work. I was ready to go back to work to my old job. They uh, escorted me to a cubicle, little cubicle with a shower curtain across it and a sign that said Norman Traversy caged animal. That was because I had PTSD. I was diagnosed with it. And uh, I tore that down. Yeah, um, they had no problem with that. Uh, the city of Mississauga was the one that did it. John McDougall did it. Uh, the Workplace Safety Insurance Board was aware of that, and they didn't care. And uh, so I ended up penniless, uh, lost everything. And then I thought, okay, there's got to be a reckoning. So yeah, I went to court to uh, file charges against the Workplace Safety Insurance Board and John McDougall. And the uh, Attorney General of Ontario, Yasser Nakvi, had me arrested and escorted out of the courthouse. That was in 2017. So I thought, okay, I'm, I'm running out of options here. I, obviously, the courts don't work. So we got to cut off the head of the snake, and that would be Justin Trudeau. So in 2019, I got some help from volunteers, uh, lawyers and paralegals. I filed charges against Trudeau. And for the SNC-Lavalin incident, uh, human trafficking, everything. He's, he's also linked to the Picton pig farm as well. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, they, they took my charges and they said, we're going to have a pre-ONCOT hearing uh, in September of 2019. This is the same year he was standing for re-election. And uh, I showed up in, on September and they said, oh, the judge is sick today. So they didn't have an extra judge at the Ottawa courthouse. Great big multi-story building. I guess they only had one judge. And I guess Traversy versus Trudeau wasn't that important. So they said, come back in a month. Well, I came back in a month at the appointed time, actually early, half an hour early. 
and the room, uh, room 13 of the Ottawa courthouse, didn't have a sign on the on the door saying Traversy versus Trudeau, which it should have had. And the door was locked. And I was there with uh, three other people. And I kept knocking on the door. And it didn't open. And then uh, a well-dressed woman in a biz business suit with a briefcase. She looked like a lawyer to me. She came up and pointed at me and she said, you know, they're going to kill you. And then she You're walked fine. away. And uh, eventually, after about an hour and a half, the door opened. We went in and they kicked us out again. They said, we've already had the hearing. They had the hearing behind a locked door. And they stayed it for lack of evidence using what is called the McHale principle. That's a Supreme Court of Canada principle regarding the amount of evidence needed for a matter to go forward. Well, I had Gary McHale standing next to me. I had paid for him to come up to Toronto. I paid for his hotel because he has done a number of private prosecutions and he's got a principle named after himself. Well, I was standing there with crates of evidence and they said not enough evidence. So it was stayed in 2019. Uh, by that time, people started hearing about what had happened, and uh, it started a movement. It started a network, and that network is around today, around the world. But uh, I ended they up did with the same thing to Trump, you know. Yeah. They made you jump through all these hoops, you know. They tie you up in court. They did uh, so many things to me over the last five years. Similar. They've locked me up five different times. Once they had it was uh, I sold my horse trailer and they went under a toll road and for a dollar fifty toll tax, they suspended my driver's license. And then they waited for me to drive. I didn't know this. Waited for me to drive and then arrested me. And I spent four days in jail because I couldn't take my cash with me. And I nobody knows phone numbers. Right. It was a lockdown. It's swatting is what they call it now. Right. But that's. That, I mean, they can't do that anymore. I mean, that's busted. No. I believe well, that's they can in busted. Canada. So uh, that was 2019. 19. By 2000, 2020, uh, I had put together a 192-page legal brief uh, going after Trudeau, the Workplace Safety Insurance Boards, and the child trafficking that's going on in Canada. And... Yep. By this time, I had a number of volunteers that we were all working together. On July 1st, 2020, at noon, the United States-Mexico-Canada Free Trade Agreement came into effect. And at that exact moment, I gave a speech to several thousand, and I, I believe Arthur was there too, several thousand uh, Canadians on Parliament Hill. And I waved this box around with the brief in it. And then uh, Arthur was supposed to speak after me, but I took his audience away because they all followed me to the uh, American embassy. Uh, I delivered the document. The next day, uh, we went to the Mexican embassy and delivered the same document there. We were asking for help from the Americans and the Canadians to come and help us with this corruption. And Section 27.5 of the 
of the USMCA explicitly states that the Americans and the Mexicans, all the signees have to make sure that the other countries are not corrupt and they are empowered to fix it. That's what I asked. And I got a receipt from the Trump White House. And then I got an email from Donald Trump thanking me. And uh, uh, there was a fellow with me that day, uh, Pat King. And uh, in 2022, Pat King led the convoy out to Ottawa, the Freedom Convoy. And I was part of the reception committee. So uh, I I have a friend who owns a hotel, a boutique hotel in downtown Ottawa. And I asked her not to rent any, book any rooms unless they knew me. And we ended up with a hotel full of people that all said they knew me. And we ran the convoy from that hotel, the Swiss Hotel in Ottawa. Yeah, strong. And, uh, hmm? Strong. Oh, yeah. yeah. What they're doing in Paris, they're doing it everywhere. You guys really started something there. It was huge. We did. You guys really started something with that. We did. And it it was amazing uh, to see what was going on. There were three of us for the reception committee uh, waiting for the convoy to show up. And there was one lady doing the logistics, a genius, this woman. And it was like watching a a military general at work. You know, we'd, we'd have chats before the convoy showed up. After the convoy showed up, maybe two sentences a day. She didn't have time to talk. She had teams all over Ottawa. The, only the team leader could talk to her. She was that busy. There was another lady who ran Parliament Hill. And uh, she would get bundled up 40 below. We'd have a really good breakfast. And then she would go out with her clipboard for the day. And you didn't talk on Parliament Hill without her say-so. And she chose what music was going to play, where the ba- bouncy castles were going to be. Uh, she did that. Uh, then uh, XRCMP sniper showed up. And uh, I asked him if he would do security. He did security. We had someone with a trucking firm. He showed up. And I said, look, would you be in charge of transport? And he did that. Uh, You know, after a couple of days, I wasn't in charge of anything. I delegated everything away and I was a gopher. So, uh, you know, I was just an errand boy after that and proud to be one. But they'd, uh, you know, someone would say, go out and buy all the reflective vests in downtown Ottawa. And I would go out and buy all these vests. And of course they'd reimburse me for it. Uh, I got a phone call. I've got 150 uh, porta potties, but you got to set them up and they're free for the duration. So I had off duty firefighters setting them up and I stipulated that they had to have one at every door to Trudeau's Privy Council. So we had a porta potty at his office door and uh, you know, someone would call and say, I've got 18,000 hot dogs, buns, and condiments. Where do you want them? <laughs> and that's the way it operated. We had so much food. It was stacked up to the ceiling, and it was out in the snow, keeping it cold. Uh, it was amazing to see people come together. There was one guy showed up with his daughters, 
And every morning they were stuffing envelopes with $100 bills. And he'd say, okay, you go out to Wellington, you go here, you go there. And they would go up to the trucks and say, here's a hundred bucks. Do you need more? It was like that. Uh, we fed the homeless. Uh, we had our own uh, garbage unit cleaning up garbage off the street. We had people cleaning the bathrooms in the Tim Hortons restaurants. It was epic. Yeah. So uh, that was, it, it started something people saw all around the world. They saw what we were doing. And it was an amazing, amazing time. Uh, I did get called. Yes. I got called from Brazil when the Brazilians were doing their thing. And I put them in charge with an American general. And he advised them on how to do this correctly. Apparently, we, we made the mistake of getting kettled, which uh, I guess is a military term. And... Uh, we also, uh, I've been contacted by uh, the same general, this American general, retired. He uh, contacted me and said, you've got to uh, get in touch with Cherry. Um, I haven't got his last name right now, but he's one of the organizers of the French Revolt. And um, we're still working together. Dang. Now, the latest thing I want to do is reopen my case against Trudeau. And uh, not just for corruption, but for treason. Right now, we are looking as hard as we can for uniforms of the goons that beat us during the convoy. Because we were told some of them were Ukrainian and some were Chinese. If we can get pictures or video of these non-Canadian uniforms, then uh, we will have Trudeau for high treason. Uh, I've got pictures of UN jets mm -hmm. in North Bay, which is not that far from Ottawa. So we believe they were flown in on UN jets and then bust Ottawa. And uh, Trudeau said no one died, but we know a man was trampled by a horse and he did die. So we'll put that in the mix. Once I file, when my legal advisors say it's ready, then I'll file but they're looking at it. And uh, once I file, I want every Canadian to intervene in the case and say, this is concerns me as well, because it's a human rights issue. And I guess that sums it up. Thank you. Uh, it's a benevolent summary. And I so deeply appreciate it, Norman. What I'd like to do is, is walk back now from those who introduced and, and go start back to Arthur and then to Bishop Jim Abbey and then to the Curl, who then also has a song prepared for us. Because the premise of the show is where we hear, I reached out to all of you and thank you for responding. In just a matter of a day, we pulled this together in this time for this recording. Because the 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 they're beating the war, the drums of war right now. They're you're seeing it out there, even in the alternative truth or news media, civil war, civil war. You see it in the other types of the Fox News mainstream, you know, global war, World War Three, nuclear war, this, that. Nobody here wants any of that. And it's not about that either. We cannot shed blood. We have to do everything we can not to shed blood. And you can just see from the freedom convoys and the protests worldwide, as well as the lawfare, how it could literally start bringing sovereignty back to the people, investigate 
those who all need investigating, everybody, vindicate those from those investigations who say I'm totally innocent after we see that. Those who are not not guilty will be brought to justice in a reckoning. And in addition to that, that is also what Pastor Archer Babuski's done. And he has incredible live news almost because he just arrived back from Washington, D.C., with something that in all of my decades of life so far in this lifetime, I've never heard has happened. And, and I go back to Pastor Arthur Pavlowski and leave it to him to share and also enlighten people as to what he is also doing in this heroic mischief and lawfare against tyranny. Yeah. So um, just for the background story, I have been charged over 340 times, over 120 court cases, 16 arrests and many times I was detained uh, by the police and I did uh, um, met Norman um, in Ottawa I was speaking before you actually not after you um, so maybe you missed my uh, my speech and that was incredible that was absolutely amazing uh, to see thousands of Canadians in the middle of uh, lockdown um, coming together in solidarity with each other pushing this big fat lie as i call it so um i was invited to washington dc to participate in a summit freedom uh, religious freedom summit and also to participate in uh, something that i have never seen in my entire life the amount of politicians and i'm talking about former prime ministers i'm talking about senators sitting congressmen congresswomen i'm talking about all kinds of, um, um, you know, high-ranking officials and deans from universities, hundreds of them that came together in Washington, D.C. just a few days ago and pray. That was the whole purpose of the meeting. And I want to tell you something. I've never seen something like this either in Poland or in Canada um, with so many politicians willing to come and humble themselves before the living God. There was probably about 40 congressmen and congresswomen and senators um, among the mixed. There were some people from Knesset, from Israel. Uh, there were some other uh, politicians from around the world, ambassadors. And the whole purpose for the meeting was to come together with the religious and political influential people just to pray and ask God for forgiveness. So I met, um, there was Mike um, Mike Johnson, the House Speaker, uh, the Republican House Speaker. Uh, we had uh, all, a number of Congress people staking the stage and just asking God for forgiveness. And I look at this and I marveled because we in Canada, we have been deprived of freedom and right to be believers. You're not, you can believe in every sick perversion you can believe in pedophilia publicly you can believe in transgenderism you can believe in hindu gods you can believe in allah you can believe in anything you want you can believe that you can be a kitty and that's all perfectly fine you can believe that there's ten thousand different genders and that men need tampons you can believe in all of that friction, <laughs> but you cannot believe in god if you dare in a public square say jesus or god or 
God forbid, if you say repentance, we need to go back to God. You will be literally burned on the stakes. So when I was there sitting among those people, and that was a whole day, six hours straight repentance. And then we had meetings afterwards. And, and it was fascinating because that's how you win a nation. You win a nation on your knees. I saw politicians crying. I saw young people crying. I saw people coming together with a big fancy titles, humbling themselves before the living God and saying, God, we have messed up. We've allowed this evil and we unleashed this on our children and their children. And I look at this with my wife and I marveled and I said, if, if there are still people like this, high-ranking politicians, military people that are still not ashamed of Jesus, we have not lost. So I came back from Washington, D.C. Of course, I was at the Capitol Hill. And by the way, um, I was there with my wife and there was no insurrection. Um, we did not believe it. I know it's a shocker. But we did not take down the Capitol Hill. It still stands, even though Arthur Pulaski visited it and we had a tour over there. Um, that was also National Day of Prayer. And uh, I was, uh, <laughs> it was fascinating because that snake of yours, the viper, um, you know, Harris was there. Um, you know, I don't know who's wars, Biden. Biden probably doesn't know where he is most of the time. Um, Baharis definitely knows. So you had uh, scorpions, snakes, and vipers there, and they were praying. And my wife says, well, I'm wondering to whom they are praying. But the good news out of the story is that they were forced to come because there were thousands of Christians that demanded a national day of prayer. And that was a huge, huge victory. And I'm hoping that we can copy and paste something that we have witnessed a few days ago into our beloved uh, Canada. So I'm also, um, I also have a good news. Uh, what they've done to us I only have seen under the boots of the Soviets, putting me in a psych ward, kidnapping me, um, uh, putting chains on my feet, metal cages, um, uh, solitary confinement, concrete cells, no water, uh, no um, washroom, uh, being subjected to strip search in front of women and men. All those things was done to me for one purpose and one purpose only, because I have become a little bit uh, a, like a symbol, especially after getting out. You. And um, they, needed a, they needed a symbol too. They needed to crack down on the symbol. They needed to destroy symbols. So I had multiple offers when I was in prison and I spent a year and a half in on house arrest. And then I spent uh, 50 days in, um, in uh, 46 days in solitary confinement, max pod, for the most dangerous terrorists in the country. And then uh, psych ward as well, without the evaluation of the doctors or even yeah. knowledge of Alberta Health Services. All of that was done to us and to me illegally. And what they wanted, they wanted me to sign the paper just saying I'm guilty, I'm sorry. And the Crown Prosecutor, that pathological liar, Stephen Johnston from the special um, force, um, uh, Crown Prosecutor's force, uh, here in the province of Alberta, like a Nazi force, Gestapo, a special unit to hunt down the freedom people, um, accused me uh, that uh, my 90-minute sermon caused Canadian economy over $400 million uh, worth of damages. I have become the first 
a Canadian during the truck convoy to be arrested. And so that speaks volumes. They didn't go after the truckers and the farmers. They went after a preacher. Why? What did I say that scared this totalitarian regime so much? Well, I reminded them about history. We've seen this before, and I'm telling you the truth will win in the end. That scared them. I reminded them about solidarity movement, and I told them that with God, you will not lose. With God, you will win. They don't stand the chance. The moment God comes back to us to help us, we already won. The enemy just doesn't know it yet. So that was the message I was giving to the people. We had 15, 20,000 people every week marching uh, during rallies. And I was speaking all over the place. I was in Milk River. I was at the border with Montana and Alberta delivering those messages to the people and they decided to arrest me i was arrested by every force that there is in the land except soldiers i was arrested by rcmp rcmp for my um for our americans uh friends um it's like your fbi we were arrested i was arrested by rcmp calgary police uniformed undercover i was arrested by detectives and a special swat team anti-terrorist team uh, that came they blocked the street in front of my house i was interrogated for hours stripped naked taken to prison solitary confinement and then metal cages which i spent multiple times in a small metal cages being suffocated literally passing out uh, because of um, uh, of the hot temperature there. Then I was kidnapped by sheriffs and taken to my spot, freezing conditions, minus 28. So this is what we went through. However, the good news is, and I want to just echo Norman, uh, because that's the way to do it. You got to remember, David fought the giant, the giant, the uncircumcised Philistine, with the use of whatever God gave him which is a smooth, smooth stone, a stick, and a slingshot. But I want you to understand that he finished the job with the enemy's own weapon. He took the sword of Goliath and he finished the job with enemy's own weapon. And that's what we're doing. And kudos to you, Norman, that you're using enemy's own weapon. It's not an easy fight. They're very corrupted. All the mountains of influence are corrupted to the core. But that's how we're going to win. So here is what I'm going to show you. I filed in December probably the biggest civil rights lawsuit in a history of this country done by uh, one single individual. I am going, and I'll just read it to you briefly. It's a 40-page document, just the allegation. That's what we are claiming. Um, we're going after Attorney General of Canada, Alberta Health Services. We're going personally after the Chief of Police, Mark Newfield. We're going after the entire police department, Calgary Police Service, City of Calgary, Canada Post Corporation, John Jane Doe, CPS, Calgary Police Services officers. We are suing them personally. We're not just going after the police department. We are going after officers. You did this to me, sir. You followed illegal orders. You subjected me to this cruelty. Not your boss, not the Calgary. You cannot hide behind the badge. I'm holding you liable personally. We're going after RCMP, John Jane Doe. We're going after John Jane Doe's one. We are going after John Jane Doe two, which is the people that will uh, we will uncover during the discovery. We are yeah, going. Yeah. We don't know those people yet, but when we're going to find who did this to us, I would like to know. And I know Canadians 
would like to know who was giving the orders, who was sending the officers, who was sending the health inspectors, why they were showing up to, uh, to our homes, to our churches. I want to know who told them to do this. I don't want to just go after the officer. I want to go after his <laughs> boss and the one that sent them. So we have left here open John and Jane Doe. Uh, we are going after, of course, the prison. What was done to me is unbelievable. I mean, you hear about those things behind the Iron Curtain, but uh, in a free and democratic society, in quote, but this is uh, unacceptable. Um, page 17, if you're interested, you can go to streetchurch.ca and uh, there is a page over there that is called Legal Fight and you will be able to read for yourself uh, this massive um, document um that we are alleging all kinds of different things including corruption we are actually friends we are going after them for conspiracy we are alleging that those different uh, departments government departments and individuals conspired together to hurt me um, my brother david my family as you know my brother david was arrested with me 11 times my son was detained four times. Uh, we had officers, detectives, health inspectors, bylaw services at our door, harassing us, intimidating us for two years. I spent a year and a half, um, of course, on house arrest and, and what they did in prison. We're going after abuse of power, malicious prosecution, false arrest and false imprisonment. We're going after breach of pri privacy. My rights to illegal counselors were denied for three weeks. My lawyers could not reach to me. My legal documents for the eyes of the lawyer only were confiscated. They would not give me my reading glasses. They confiscated my Bibles. I mean, the list is on and on and on and on. It's unbelievable. So we are going after everything. We physical damages, mental damage you name it and why we're doing this parasites in there i couldn't oh. wait to do one when i got out yeah um, both times that they locked me out you know we can hear you guys right oh sorry so so this is more this is crimes against humanity it's much yes, deeper it than what you understand and yes, you know they locked me up several times too and when they did and then it's all false it was on bullshit charges and yeah. when they did so they fed you these food and it literally gave me parasites and they did that one of the girls that was in there, I let her work for me when I get out. I do that a lot. I'll take the kids with bracelets because it's kind of their last shot. And I'm out here on a farm and I know how to take care. So anyway, they literally gave me parasites in prison through the food. It's a slow killer. It's a bioweapon. It's a hookworm. It gets into your brain. I mean, there's a lot of different ways they can get you. The voice to skull thing is easiest to use when you've had an ear or eye worm because it diminishes your capacity. The worm crap, literally, it causes aneurysms and stuff. So if they can get you parasitic, it diminishes your aura to fight off. It's And it's more than just your body's capabilities. It's like literally diminishes your aura. They make you sick on purpose. It's a slow killer. So I definitely check for that, too, because that is what I had two girls. I pulled our this one girl literally is this gross. She had an earworm. I dewormed her with albendazole. And she had, she's like, man, my ear's ringing. I got tinnitus. And I was like, well, you better go get it looked at. You might get something out of there. Hmm. And she went and they flushed it. And they literally got what looked like a centipede out of her ear where it had hatched through its three stages. And it would have been a brain worm. But the poison made the worms excavate the body. 
And so they are literally doing this through the prison systems. They've done the same thing with me. I spent twice. They locked me up to the psych ward. They're the ones that watched my bus lock them out. I wasn't even on the farm, but they locked me up for it. I totally get where you're at. And each time they gave me pa parasites. My buddy John says, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get home? I was like, deworm. I'm going to try every dewormer I have. I can feel them moving in my body. That's crimes against humanity. They've literally done this intentionally. Yeah. And they, yeah, probably, they probably did that to you and Norman when they locked you guys up. Yes. I never got locked up. Oh, well, that's they will good. try <laughs> to kill you that way, though. I mean, that's one that, of their bio Seven attempts weapons. on his life, though, so far. Seven attempts. Yeah, I, I have had attempts on my life, yes. but I've never been. I, I met with the chief of police uh, and told him about the trucker convoy. I met with a fire chief. And uh, the chief of police assigned me a constable. He said, whatever you're doing, call this guy first. So, you know, we know what you're doing. Um, the cops were fine with me. At one point on Parliament Hill, before the convoy arrived, I was told there were going to be two trucks show up. One was going to have a camp kitchen and a bunch of food. And the other truck was going to have a bunch of tents. And they showed up on Parliament Hill. And the convoy wasn't there yet. They were a couple of days out. And I got some volunteers and we started unloading the trucks onto Parliament Hill. So, of course, the cops show up, Parliamentary Protective Services, and they've got guns. And they said, you haven't got a permit for this. And I said, I don't care. And we kept unloading. They said, we'll just load everything back on. And I said, everybody sit on the tents. So we all sat on the tents. And they didn't know what to do with us. And then, the, you know, they, they can't assault us. We haven't committed a crime. We're just unloading stuff. And then the big boss showed up and she had a bunch of maple leaves on her shoulder and, uh, and a binder. And she says, well, you're in violation of this, this and this. I said, I don't care. It doesn't matter anymore. And then I pointed at her and I said, you're not in charge. I'm in charge. And she said, okay. <laughs> and she said we'll show you where to set up and it was all but then the guy who owned the trucks got a phone call saying they were going to take his license take his trucks lose his business and he knuckled under because i had planned on having a whole village on parliament hill and uh, we ended up on the street on the sidewalk instead but uh you know it was just me pointing at this woman who's apparently in charge of security on Parliament Hill. And I said, you're not in charge anymore. And she agreed. It was right. like that. And there's something else that um, Brad keeps mentioning, what, divine mischief? Heroic and mischief is your term that you'd share with me. I was bringing that up. What did I call it? Heroic mischief. Oh, yeah. Okay. Heroic um, mischief. If yeah. you Google my name, Norman Traversy, on Google, not DuckDuckGo, the first thing that shows up is the Office of Intellectual Property of the Government of Canada. And if you click on that link, you will see that I am the proud owner of the Criminal Code of Canada. I own the Bill of Rights. I own the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And I own the gun laws. And you can because buy I found, a, you, I found a glitch in their stupid website, which they set up, the Intellectual Property Directory. And they set this up, and it it's like AI. It runs itself. Yeah, yeah. So in the United States, <laughs> you, you it, cannot yeah. 
in the United States, you cannot copyright a law. They belong to all the people, the laws. In Commonwealth countries, laws are copyrighted in the name of the crown when they're passed. So in Canada, they forgot to register the copyrights. So I went in there and bought them for 50 bucks a piece. So, Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. so you can, Brilliant. if you put my name into Google, the first thing that comes up is intellectual property office. You click on the link, you will see that I own the criminal code of Canada. And Congratulations. Thank you very much. And, uh, and uh, I've decided, very I've, nice. decide, I've decided that only blonde people can own guns. Uh, <laughs> hey, Riddle and Gary here in North Carolina still. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm well, the only chick I know that walks into the bank with a gun on the hip. And, well, no, yeah. and they're like, hey, Abby. <laughs> well, I, I'd like to take this back to the overview for the global audience, right? Because we have, you know, a huge international audience of sovereign souls here from different countries outside North America. And and the part of it and the per and premise of it is everything which is shared with you here, you can duplicate in your countries and also your municipal level. We've covered this on many shows. We want to stop anybody saying Civil War, World War III and whatnot, because it's a spiritual war. And we open this as well with, you know, Bishop Jim and Abby. Abby having done five exorcisms already, the fifth one in concert with Bishop Jim is 19th exorcism, freeing an 11-year-old child. And I'd like to just touch on the spiritual war aspect of it before we move back to Colonel Sellers with him and Michelle, what they've seen. And then Colonel Sellers has a song that he'd like to share with everybody. Because again, this is spiritual war. But prior to that, just want to say, you know, Pastor Pavlowski was just sharing the last little bit of whom else he was also going after. Before we get to Bishop Jim um, on the spiritual side, Pastor Pavlowski, is there is there anything else in that document that definitely the audience should hear as well with that uh, case against the crown? Uh, well, not even against the crown, pretty much against all of the tyrants who were knocking on your door and causing the most horrific, heinous crimes against humanity, as well as human rights violations. Yeah, I think the most important thing that people should get out of this is that justice demands retribution. This is not, we're not talking about vengeance. We're not talking about we hate those people. I don't hate anybody, including those villains. I pity them because I know that one day they're going to face the living judge, God himself, that he is the judge of judges. And those people will pay for everything they have done on this side of eternity or on another side of eternity. Justice will be served, but God from time to time is giving us an opportunity to bring his justice on this side of eternity. And Nuremberg was a perfect example that uh, people globally were sending a message to the villains and saying, listen, you might end up on the other side of the gun if you, you know, you know what I mean? You will be hanged for crimes against humanity. You will be hanged for treason. And that's exactly what we have right now. We have politicians that committed acts Absolutely. of treason. So um, what I'm trying to say, the message I'm trying to send to the people is very simple. That first of all, look, I'm just a little guy. And if a little David smelling like a sheep and a goat with a smooth stone and a stick and a slingshot can take down the biggest giants in the land, that means you can do it as well. Also, what I'm saying is that we can use the own devices. It's like a chess game. God is making a move, enemies making a move, but God already knows all the moves in a in the future, and He is um, moving us in the right direction 
to go after the villains. Why you're hearing about wars and wars of wars and all those different things? Because they are losing this fight, so they need to cook some stuff up. They need to orchestrate a crisis. Every single time that economy is collapsing, fiat currency is collapsing. As we speak, American dollar uh, dollar is using a global status, a reserve currency status. Um, American dollar is done. Americans just don't know it yet. It will take a while, but it's, gonna, it's being shaved as we speak right now. Economy is collapsing globally. So they're going to come and cook something um, else because if, if people are going to be hurting, if disaster is going to strike, which I believe is already happening, and this is just the beginning, then the people will look for someone to blame. So they will need to cook some conflict. So uh, they will be able to, uh, you know, point at some arc, you know, villain or Russia is bad or Middle East or this or that. They're going to try to do something or maybe um, a disease X, you know, whatever it is, they are cooking this stuff up to distract the people from going after them. So what I'm saying is that, we deserve to know who did this to us. And by filing those lawsuits, it will give us the names and it will give us the whys. Because what I know about cockroaches, and that's exactly what those people are, they're acting like cockroaches. When you bring the light, they run in panic and they sell themselves out. They're extremely weak human beings. They're not strong human beings. They're cowards. They're a bunch of cowards. They're hyenas, only strong in the pack. When the lion is their only weapon, there's absolutely nothing. Uh, that you can fear when the pride of lions uh, show up. So the message is very clear. We must go after them. We have to be wise how we're going after them. And uh, I believe we're going to win. So that's where your viewers come in because we cannot do this alone. Um, I am probably the smallest, the least in my father's house. I am just a little pastor in a city that most people don't even know where it's located. Uh, most of the people do not even know where Alberta is. So um, we cannot do this alone. But when we come together, when your viewers will see, okay, I want justice. I want exposure. I want those villains to sweat on the stand. The beauty about filing a civil lawsuit is uh, very simple. I can force those people. I can subpoena them to come and justify, uh, testify because they will be, um, you know, accused. They have to come. They have to show up and testify. I'll tell you what that will do. That will open multiple doors. So we will find multiple villains here and there. And it's a criminal enterprise. We're dealing with mafia called government and it's agents. So that's what excites me because for the first time after 18 years of fighting with that corruption, I think for the first time we tangibly can hurt them in a legal system. And that's where you come in. If you are willing to help us to proceed with this and go, I was already contacted by the government operatives and they said that um, you're not going to win. It will take 10 years, millions of dollars. You cannot afford to just move on, forget. You know, those people came out and I'll tell you how scared they are. We did the press conference um, at the beginning of January. Everyone showed up. We had every major players coming with the big cameras, CBC, you name it. 
And when they hurt our allegations, when they hurt what we are talking about, when I spoke and my lawyer spoke, uh, someone somewhere there got scared and they put the cap on the story. What that tells me, that tells me very clearly that they are scared. They are afraid of this lawsuit. That it's a good news. That means we are on the right track. So go to streetchurch.ca if you can, streetchurch.ca, go to Legal Fight and then you will be able to come and help us because we need that help. They've done everything in their power trying to discourage me uh, from going after the villains. But I'm telling you, either with your help or without your help, I have no intention of stopping. I think that God has called us for such a time as this to go after the villains, to go after the hyenas. So don't be surprised if on a global scale, you're going to see some cooked up conflict because they know they're coming down. They know that the truth is out there, that people have access to the truth right now. So they'll have to divert that anger, that frustration to some other villain. So I believe that's what's in the making as we speak right now. Do not buy it. Do not participate in this. We are in this as people. We are in this together. I have no beef with my fellow Canadian. I have no beef with my fellow um, <coughs> American. We have been subjected to this tyranny together. My beef is with those demon-possessed, psychopathic, pedophilia, um, you know, sexually deviant, um, even right. corrupted to the core individuals. My Great. beef is with Satan <laughs> and with his minions. So we have to understand that don't get upset. Don't become bitter. Don't become unforgiving. Just don't forget Go after justice, bring justice. And I think we, for the first time in a few years, we have been given that opportunity. That's why I'm super, super glad that Norman is forwarding this. And if you need any help from me, if I can help you spread the word around, let me know, because we are in this together. Norman cannot do this alone. He cannot do, we cannot, we are individuals. We cannot do this alone. We can use the stone, the smooth stone that God is giving us but we need the army behind us to take back what's rightfully ours and i will end with this whose land is this for us canadians this is our land this is the land of our children and their children and americans the same thing whose land who owns united states of america because if it's harris if it's uh biden if it's you know obama psychopath or bill gates or whatever the crazy person you have over there if that's their land then i rest my case but if you're like me if you know that god has given us this land as our inheritance then rise up stand up and fight what's rightfully yours and if you don't want to do it for yourself I get it. When the older we get, the less we want to fight, then do it. Rise up for the sake of our children and their children, because one day they will look into our eyes and they will say, Daddy, Mommy, when you had an opportunity to fight for me, why you didn't do it? Why you are such a coward? Now I'm suffering and my children are suffering because you refuse to do the right thing. We must do the right thing. And we have the truth and we have the history on our side. And I'm telling you, we can do it. That's why I'm not afraid of those people. I keep plowing no matter what. And I know that you guys are going to do the same thing. Amen on that. And I want to apologize because I was going to ask Bishop Jim to lead us off in a prayer. We just got going. So Bishop Jim, this is a perfect way 
to jump in and and leave us with a uh, start start us off uh, is the first prayer, I guess, if you will, uh, just past the midpoint on the show. And then from that, if you don't mind, just speak a little bit about the spiritual war that you've been fighting for people to understand this. And then we'll go over to Colonel Sellers, the chat. And then uh, he also has a song that he'd like to play about angels with people. But Bishop Jim, please go ahead. I'll be happy to. Uh, I'm here on uh, my friend Abby's farm. And uh, we got done with an exorcism a couple of days ago that was pretty interesting. Well, in the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Father God, we ask you to bless us with the courage to speak the truth, the wisdom to know the truth, and the heart to love our neighbors as ourselves and to love ourselves so that we don't put up with any more of this garbage that we're getting out of Ottawa or out of D.C. or out of, out of Hollywood, all these perverts that call themselves elite. There's nothing elite about harming a child. There's nothing elite about spreading lies and working for the devil. Those who work for the devil in this world will serve him in the next world, in hell, where they belong. And Father God, we don't want this in our countries. We don't want this in our world. We want your help so that we do your will and rid this wonderful planet that you gave us of these horrible people who are doing terrible things to others and to children. We ask you for the strength and wisdom to do what is right and to win this spiritual battle for you and to offer it as a gift to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bishop Jim, if you wouldn't mind, just tell people a little bit about how long you've been literally fighting demons, quoting back to the West Point story, which you don't mind sharing that so people understand that it's picked up. Well, when I was 19 years old, I was a plebe at West Point, and uh, that was my first encounter with fighting demons. Uh, the main demon was a demon named Cobal. Interesting name. Uh, but the ball is B-A-A-L, not like B-O-L, common business language. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the lieutenants of Satan. And uh, his job was to run my roommate and I out of the academy because we were uh, a problem in the future, I guess. Uh, My roommate served as a Green Beret, uh, and uh, Chuck knows him. And uh, he was was murdered by a directed energy weapon, which is just wrong. But he's in heaven and God's army now, and I... I know and uh, when my late wife was alive, she saw him in his uh, ba- heavenly battle dress, which was pretty cool. To some people, this sounds really weird and, and sick and like we're out to lunch and should be committed. But the truth is, is Jesus is real and we all have different gifts. And those who deny Jesus in this world, will, Jesus will deny them in front of the Father. That is a very strong message. And Jesus doesn't mess around. I mean, he'll forgive us, but we have to be truly sorry. And Pastor Arter saw some men who've done some things that are very wrong in D.C. apologize to God. Now, I hope they uh, atone by doing the right thing from now on. 
but we are in the height of the war between good and evil. Um, I've done, as you said, 19 exorcisms, and Abby has done five, and we did the first one together that we did as a joint. It's the first time either one of us did an exorcism with uh, help. with a fellow exorcist. Amazing. And anyone who doesn't think the devil is real, uh, in a matter of speaking, is smoking dope. Yep. Not the right kind. Yeah, not the right kind either. Not the kind that's legal. Yeah. And uh, I'll back you up. The little thing little. that discuss the we'll thing that disgusts that. me the most are the uh, Casper milk toasts who uh, sit on the fence. Yeah. If you understand that, you understand uh, the Book of Esther. Haman, who persecuted God's people. Like the governments now are trying to persecute God's people. Yep. Built a hangman's area because he was going to take out Mordecai and Mordecai's entire family. Mordecai was a very devout man. Well, the tables turned and Haman and his family hung on the uh, gallows that he built. Yeah. Now, in those days, they didn't hang people on ropes. They hung him on spikes and impaled him. And you fence sitters are sitting on spiked fence. And the only reason you have, you're not impaled is the hand of Jesus. But there is a time that that hand goes away. You better get off the damn fence. The fence belongs to the devil, and you'll sit on the fence in hell. And, as, and if you are encouraging anybody to be LGBTQ, LMNOP, whatever alphabet you want to put with it, you're encouraging them to break God's laws. If you yep. encourage someone to break God's laws, if you treat your brother a form of genocide in a in a nasty way, like put parasites in their food or put additives in their food that destroy their brains, uh, give them medical treatments that hurt them and cause them to get cancer, like I got. Yep. Abby's late husband got the same kind of cancer that I got. Unfortunately for him, it killed him. I was very lucky it didn't kill me. You do th stuff like that intentionally, you're doing the devil's work. Yeah. If you teach a kid to be a pervert because you want him to be open-minded, you're doing the devil's work. If you do the devil's work in this world, you'll get to stay with him forever and eternity. Because that doesn't cut, cut it with God. And it's time for men to grow their testicles back and be men again and it's been strong alpha women are the best women in the world yeah. because they know how to fight too and men and women need to fight to destroy this evil and if we don't stand up now we're doomed and we'll answer to god for being chickens now we all make mistakes we all make mistakes you can mess up fess up God already knows that you screwed up. Change the behavior. There's nothing more important than free will. That's the best gift that, other than life that God gave us. Free will means we have freedom to do what is right. And we have the freedom to say something that's terribly wrong is wrong. If you let people in your country and you don't know who the hell they are, like a Trojan horse, that's wrong. If you push drugs to poor people, 
that's wrong. You put terrible things in medicine, that's wrong. You teach little kids to be perverts instead of letting them be little kids, that's wrong. And if you don't stand up against that, you don't have a backbone. What everybody's just heard on this broadcast, or if you're hearing this on the podcast, is Bishop Jim fighting demons, Cobal, Lieutenant of Satan, manifested at West Point. It's documented in the West Point Gazette, is the name of the magazine, 1972, correct, Bishop? That's uh, it's the Pointer Magazine. Pointer, Pointer Magazine. It was done in front of a commandant, a general officer, and the psychic who predicted JFK's assassination yep. i'll tell that and, story real quick yep please right, do please do because it's going to bring a bridge to the point where we then bring in a former deputy commander of delta force colonel sellers to that also lieutenant of satan who he fought in his own bedroom and then we're going to go with an amazing song and a story here too which he's prepared for us please go ahead bishop jim in uh 1972 from october uh around October 10th to for 40 nights and 40 days. My roommate from Pittsburgh and I lived in a haunted room. It was, we called it a ghost, but it manifested as something that looked like a ghost wearing an 1823 cavalry uniform, which had, there was a Colonel named O'Connor who died in that area. So that was one of the reasons he took that form. He took a form of a human being a junior, which we call a cow, a guy that was there for three years, who had the same name as my roommate's maternal grandfather, but there was never a cadet at West Point with that name, the name John Hamilton. And we also saw it as a demon in hell. So we saw the, and one of the times that one of the times we saw the demon, it was actually Satan himself. Wow. So we know that the devil's real. We know he doesn't like prayers. Prayers hurt him. Even the word of Jesus. And, uh, and just saying something like a Hail Mary is like scourging him at the pillar, <laughs> which was really cool to learn. I got knocked off my feet by the demon. I punched the demon. And after we moved out of the room, a couple months later, they called in Jeannie Dixon, the famous psychic who predicted that John F. Kennedy would be assassinated in Dallas in 1963. And she was a very well-known exorcist. And she came in to exercise the ghost in the room. And the superintendent, who was a three-star general, the commandant, who was a one-star general, and the deputy chairman of the honor committee, went in the room with Miss Dixon. Uh, the deputy commander of the honor committee told me the story because after he saw the ghost, he became friends with my roommate and I. And I don't say my roommate's name out of respect for his widow. She doesn't need the attention. Well, anyway, Jeannie Dixon starts her chant and she gets picked up and gets thrown out of the room like a like a drunk out of a bar landing on her bottom, and she ran away screaming. And after that, everybody was freaked out, and they boarded up the room for 30 years, and it was totally off limits. They opened it up a 
couple of years ago as a study hall. Then there are some more incidents that happened in it, and it's totally closed again. It's definitely a portal from hell into into this earth. And uh, at West Point, at West Point, West Point is a wonderful place. It's one of my favorite places on all the earth. It's so beautiful. It's so historic, and it's such an honorable place. And yet, these liberal assholes—that's all I can call them are trying to destroy that place too. They're trying to destroy the honor code. If you're an officer and you don't have honor, you can't lead men. And, uh, if you don't have honor, you can't be a pastor either. Yeah. And it's time for the churches to stand up for what's right and quit kissing the butts of these politicians. These politicians are doing the worst things to children. Yeah. Almost every one of them in Washington is a child pedophile. Yep. Yeah. Almost every one of them in Washington has had adrenochrome and would sell out sell out their mother. They have no business representing the good people in America. And I'm sure it's the same in Canada. I spent lots of summers at Crystal Beach and Thunder Bay in southern Ontario. I love Canada. Fort Erie Racetrack put one of my yeah. sisters through college because it was a great place to bet the ponies back in the day. <laughs> hey, if you don't know how to live, you can't really be a good pastor <laughs> because you can't relate to anybody. Yeah. And uh, I think it's important for the churches to get their heads out of their fourth point of contact and yep. get back preaching Jesus crucified, risen from the dead. And if we don't behave and do what we're supposed to do here and be men and women of honor and truth and courage, that we're going to need a red asbestos suit and a union card in the next world. And it's not going to be fun having a pitchfork all the time. Yeah. Amen to that. Bishop Jim, thank you. Colonel Sellers, you and Michelle, just in May of this year, the night after we did a show with Lieutenant Colonel Ricardo Bosi and Bishop Jim, had a visitation. And I know we've had a lot to comment on. We've got, unfortunately, about 15-ish minutes left here on the show. Um, would you mind just sharing for people, since we're literally talking about Satan's lieutenant yeah. showing up. What happened with you? You've shared it several times on the show, but we've got a lot of viewers and it's going out everywhere else too. I mean, first off, I wanted to uh, agree with Jim on everything he said about West Point. I've had a niece and a nephew graduate from there. One of them uh, still serving in Alaska as a tech helicopter pilot. So awesome. I totally agree, Jim. Um, yeah, <clears throat> and this was like this incident that happened to me <clears throat> Oh, Abby's uh, Abby's son's in the Airborne right now. The Airborne Ranger. Nice, um, nice, good. Thanks for your uh, service. This was um, this happened to me on May seventeenth of last year. It was like six forty-five in the morning. I was up, but I you know just I was just getting ready to check emails and and I caught something. Mark the the room the bedroom I'm in. I figure it's about 10, 10 feet across, ten by ten, something like that. I got caught something out of the corner of my eye and I looked up and it was a, it was, it was like a bird, but it was red with black stripes. 
Um, it didn't look like feathers. It looked more like leather, but not like a bat. It was shaped like a bird with wings. And they almost touched the edges of the room. And it, it, so I had to figure that the wingspan was at least nine feet of, on this thing. And it was coming at me. All I could see was claws. It just seemed like all I could see was claws right coming straight from my face. And it all happened in about two seconds. I, I, I reached over just like on the range in the Army. I would say like, like up drills where you're, you're drawing and firing at a target. I, I, I didn't reach for the gun that was next to my bed. I reached down and I grabbed the rosary, this rosary that was next to my bed, and I shoved it into the thing's face or where his face would be if I could see beyond the claws. Yeah. And then I just said, law of encroachment, law of encroachment, and it disappeared, right? It just, like powder, just disappeared in front of me. I was shaking so bad. I mean, I felt like I'd just been in a firefight, and you, you know what I'm talking about, Jim. And yeah, um, you were in a firefight. Yeah, and yeah. uh, I was so shook up. I immediately went over and woke and, and uh, to tell Michelle, woke Michelle up, and uh, and she can tell you I was shaking like a leaf when this thing happened. And it, 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 the decom the decompression of it over the next hour or something like that rem reminds me of you just got out of a heavy action and you just can't believe you're out. Yeah. Um, so the aura of that thing is a thing. mile wide. The it, aura it, of that thing that you battle is like a mile wide. It's massive. Yeah. I've seen the aura of that thing before. And I know yeah, what you huge. About. I mean, it was like, and it was, I had no doubt it was going to kill me. I had absolutely no doubt it was going to kill me. And I just, by instinct, I picked the right weapon because a gun wouldn't have stopped it. My pistol by my bed would not have stopped that. The rosary stopped it. I mean, I'm not saying I got rid of the thing or I killed the thing. I'm not Thank saying that you. at all. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, I didn't even, I had only learned the law of encroachment maybe a month earlier from Jim. Or, or, yeah, maybe a couple of weeks even, maybe before that. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was right around that time. He shared it with us. Yeah. yeah, right. We were like, okay, so we're all about that. And, you know, scapulars and all this stuff. But it was maybe. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying the law of encroachment was maybe just weeks before that. Yeah, but I, I mean, I learned my lesson. I mean, it's a, if you don't think. I learned it from you guys on that show. Say again. Yeah. I learned it from you guys on that show, the show that yeah. I watched oh, here when well, you did that. Because the gym. That's when I first learned the law of encroachment the night when I was doing these kids. Because yeah. I didn't know how to fight him. I didn't. I knew how to fight him and get rid of him. No, I we all have scapulars him. right by our beds, and we all wear them. And yeah. I never, yeah. I never, I learned my lesson. I never go anywhere without a rosary and a scapular on. And just like back in the in the service, you know, I I never went into any operation if I didn't have a rosary around my neck or in my pocket somewhere handy. And that's it every time that so I that they're I right next to our beds all the time. But they always have been. But the scapulars, I, I, maybe I didn't have those. We're all Catholic. We all got grace Catholic, you know. But the, the law of encroachment, I didn't quite know about. So I didn't know that one either, or the scapular. I knew I was protected. No, the scapular I knew, but um, it was just like, oh shoot, I, I need. To have this now again, 
But I didn't know about the law the encroachment. I didn't know about that. All the portals I'll take, I'll are open, opened all the cerns, right? So all of the spirits that have ever been since the beginning of time are all here. Yeah. <laughs> Good right? and bad. Right. Good and right. bad. Yeah. But we've, yeah for um, the final battle. For the final yeah. battle. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, we've had guys like Jim and some badasses out there fighting these demons. You know, we all do. Yeah. Uh, we don't no, know how much you do. Fight but, the evil. Fight the evil. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, and, we're all battling in some way, form. Yep. I learned a lot of prayer from my superior uh, father, Bishop Ezekiel, who is the uh, patriarch of our order. We're uh, part of the Western Rite Russian Orthodox Church, uh, Arthur. Okay. Yep. And I was just going to take everybody over here to Rumble. So, you know, we have a lot of encroaching prayer uh, posted on our channel. You have it in the description of most of every. One of your services, you just go to the Grace of God on Rumble, the channel, and the links below the description here, as well as for everybody else on the show. And um, we'll get to that rest of those in a moment. Colonel, you've got a song. And the last time you played a song here, we had the D-Day uh, series. You, you sang the Ballad of Green Grace. You want to tell everybody about the song that you're about to play with play us here, since it's literally a topic of spiritual warfare. And yeah, I know. I was trying to find it. I wrote it last year. I was trying to figure out um, uh, who my guardian angels are, you know, and, and uh, I actually looked it up. I actually looked up. How do you find out who your guardian angels are? One of the methods of finding out uh, was suggested that you, you either write them a letter and send it to them wow. or you write them a song. And so I thought, well, let me write them a song. And so I, and, Bottom line is, I ended up calling this song Guardian Angels. Amazing. And it'll be self-evident in a second. Oh, that's beautiful. Nice image of the campfire there, Abby. Thank you. That's gorgeous. That's You're really welcome. I've been telling them to turn it around. Beautiful. Always thought myself is just a cowboy. Even though I spent my life with Uncle Sam, tools were just my rucksack and my rifle. But I always felt the reins between my hands. I often ask the Lord for his protection. Ask for his forgiveness all the time. Don't know the names of my guardian angels. But I'm damn sure glad to know that they know mine. I rode into battle on an airborne metal horse. Bugles and most saddles to be seen. I always felt those angels by my side when we went in. Now I'm asking, Lord, if you don't mind, would you please let me know their names? Now I'm coming down to my sunset. 
Thinking back on the many things I've seen. Still some holes that I think need some filling. To bring the story to its proper end. Don't ride in solo metal horse anymore. Those days are firmly in my past. I still feel those angels that are still in my side. And oh, I've got one favor left to ask. Please tell me, Lord, their names so I can thank them all at last. Before you take me, Lord, I'd like to thank them all at last. Wow, that is absolutely gorgeous. That's wonderful. Thank you. Beautiful. See, that's why I married him. Absolutely good girl. You did well. Very, very nice, Chuck. The fire, the fire was, I hope it was as good for you guys as it was for me with that play. It makes Absolutely. me, it makes me want to cry, actually. It, it made it, me it cry, too. That's why I had to show the fire. <laughs> yep. it's so We're beautiful. almost at uh, 40 years. Going on 40 years. We're coming on 40 years. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. We like each other, I think, pretty much. <laughs> the good times and the bad. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, I, it'd be a lie to say, you know, you don't have a little Hana Hana, but anyway, it's fine. Well, the last yeah. three minutes that we have here, everybody, and I just want to show, you know, this is a perfect demonstration of what it means for people from the heart who love themselves first, love God, love other people, what they can accomplish by just getting together. Some of them complete strangers, but we all know up in the God spiritual realms of heaven, we're all connected. We're all brothers and sisters, and we are that beautiful expression of divinity, right? God is within us. His signature is that in our DNA, it's an Aramaic, Sanskrit, Hebrew, as if you really need evidence of that, though. When you look at all this beautiful divinity and creation around us, and just two, uh, 48 hours ago, myself, Lieutenant Colonel Ricardo Bosi, and a whole bunch of other patriots around the world were on a Twitter X space, and they ported our Twitter X space in about take back our borders and freedom rising around the world. And here it is that you have patriots in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the United States, parts of Europe on a Twitter X space. People have never, many people have never, ever met each other in this lifetime. And they're being ported into 1,500 people in the three locations along the Texas and Arizona border, Yuma to Eagle Pass and so on. And we're all standing singing the Star Spangled Banner. Everybody is reporting and texting and putting on Twitter that they have tears in their eyes. And so this is what we're talking about. This is about coming together under and bringing heaven on earth because it's already here. And we're just walking forward into it and pushing aside and giving the chance for the demons to redeem themselves, which Pastor Archer Bablowski so perfectly, perfectly demonstrated here with his live on the ground experience in DC this past few days, as well as what it takes for people to just say, I'm doing this out of love because this is what's right. And we don't even need a law to tell us what's right or wrong. It comes from the heart. So 
as we right. uh, go for closing comments here. Um, Norman, if you wouldn't mind with the closing comment, and uh, Pastor Pavlowski is going to close us in prayer, so we'll save him for last. And then we'll go to uh, the ladies, with Jim, Abby, back to Michelle and Colonel Sellers, and then Pastor Pavlowski closing comment and uh, closing us in prayer for this roundtable, which I'm so delighted to have hosted and I'm honored to participate in. Well done. Norman, my friend, closing okay. comment. Uh, I think we're going to have a reckoning and it's going to be soon. And with uh, people like uh, Pastor Arthur and what I'm doing, and uh, it's a movement. We can feel it. We know something's happening and it is. Thank you. And what I would like to ask everybody to do, anybody who's seeing this, if you can't donate even $5 to Norman, because what we've set up is a give, send, go. He's had a GoFundMe up, but they took it down for six months. This is the same organization that turned $12 million of the Canadian Freedom Convoy over to the Trudeau government without giving back to people. Give, send, go never did that. Give, send, go is benevolent. We've had one of the founders on the show here over a year ago and how they stood their ground against that tyranny. So please go to the Give, Send, Go link you see below the description and gift to Norman. Now, if you can't even give $5, Give, Send, Go has the option of giving a heart. A heart is a walk of a prayer. So at the very least, go over to the Give, Send, Go link below here for Norman and slap a heart on there. And if it behooves you, $5, because every little bit counts. And you just heard that Pastor Arthur invited Norman to unite and get assistance there. So I think we're going to see some more amazing shows coming out from Pastor Archer's uh, Rumble channel. So over to you, Bishop Jim and Abby. Get her done. Comments for the world. Get her done. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right I have a toy hauler out back that's not so busy that could go to the border. It just needs a 350 or a 250 with airbags. I used to do a lot of disaster work with it. And yeah. it's literally, it's right there. It's big. It's ready. <laughs> she can go. Y'all let me know when you need her and just come get her. Right on. Right then the on. right people and I'll know. He always tells me that's the right one. That's beautiful. Come get her. I think that's, that's as good as it gets. Amen. Yeah, on oh, that beautiful ranch in North Carolina. Reeling for research. They've re renamed the whole cancer institute, Children's Cancer Institute at Duke Hospital here in Raleigh. There's Duke and Chapel Hill. They've actually renamed the whole wing Reeling for research now because the fishermen have brought enough money in over the, I think they've been doing it for probably 17 years now. Um, and they've brought in so many millions of dollars in donations. It's coming up in March. I'll push that too. They're a great organization. And man, somebody needs to help me on the boat. I'm up here building fence on the farm. I need boat help. I know you can get one person. I got this one. Go. He knows how to uh, get in touch with you guys. Sounds good. We'll do it in the of God. I've nothing but wounded warriors for the last seven years I've had the boat. Take awesome. them all free because they can't, you know, the guys that forgot how to smile. Yep. Yeah. Those guys. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. But I need help. So y'all, that's who you guys are. We need help. <laughs> maybe that's Norm. Maybe you need to go take the boat. I don't know. Okay. Thank uh -huh. you. On the Rideau Canal. No, it's in North Carolina here. It's on the intercoastal waterway though. Right outside oh. of Moorhead where we do the big rock tournament. Yep. Mm -hmm. oh! There you go. 
And Bishop Jim's bench pressing 320 for 40, so 320 pounds, and he's about to turn 71 at the end of the month. So a happy soon-to-be birthday to Bishop Jim, 19 exorcisms, descendant of Charles Carroll, with his other descendant, distant relative, Abby, a descendant of Charles Carroll. What an amazing show to have descendants of the Declaration of Independence on here. And over to Colonel Sellers and Michelle for some final comments. Oh, it was Abby's birthday? Excuse me. Hey, Abby's happy birthday. Is Wednesday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, Wednesday's coming up. All right. Happy birthday. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Congrats. Thank you. Thank God you. bless you for what you do, girl. That's amazing. So, totally appreciate it. Seven, man. Rowan. Keep rowing. Keep rowing. <laughs> so, Brad, I Brad, I yep, want to say ahead, I want to I want to say uh the fact that we actually have met you um is sort of magical and not not magical because i understand it we were supposed to know you and it's been tremendous and uh you know just the the last uh uh three or four years three years i guess have been uh, tremendous. So thanks. It's awesome to see the team coming together. And I see every one of you guys. You know, Jake would need all of them, all the team. It's good to see us all yeah, coming together. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool too. You know, and so it's just like, oh my God, how how did this happen? And then all uh, and, and the other it's like, of course it is gonna happen. Of course. Yeah, it's it is good. or something, right? Yeah. Anyway, Colonel, we can thank just, you, um, ask everybody. I'm not really well spoken. Sorry. That's beautiful. Uh, it's all your well. You are beautifully spoken. And I would just ask everybody who's watching, who you know, in the end watches this, uh, watches this recording, is that just don't just keep your keep your eye on the ball. Don't get hoodwinked into uh, and hoodwinked into to, uh, falling for the lie. You know. Um, Everybody's trying to sell this thing that we're we're on the brink of World War III and it's inevitable and it's going to be here. You know, no, that's that is not true. We can take we can take care of this on our own as God intended. Just keep our eyes on the ball and know what's important. Pay attention to your consciousness. Yep, amen to that. And also, the Colonel has a link down here which supports himself and Michelle retired right now as well because they are also brand distributors of the x39 and you've seen the colonel out here with the ice wave patch and everybody but pastor arthur i'm going to send you some as well to you and your lovely wife because you know we've seen norman's testimonial we've also seen the colonels and michelle on how his pain was taken away almost immediately and bishop jim also shares it on his channel so we have the grace of god for jim i've already showed as well as down the description. And then we have cage for the life wave and it's right down below the subscription. So for those of you who want frequency medicine, you're going to be supporting and literally working directly with the Colonel and Michelle, uh, getting involved in the X39 ice wave patches with them. And, and, and we'll, also folks, you're gonna be so surprised about yeah. this. It, yeah. We were gifted, we were gifted patches mm -hmm. and and it, it was, it, my husband has uh, dish disease. He has uh, a, a skeletal disease in his back. 
He's been jumping from airplanes his whole life. And it was miraculous. I just want to just say this out there. Miraculous that when we got gifted these patches and put them on and I couldn't believe that he was walking straight up and, and, and pain free. And it was just like, oh, thank yeah. you. God. Yeah. I'm so alone. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to roll at the end of this in the you edit. I'll put in your the testimonial. No, Michelle, that's absolutely what I'll put in the testimonial. So people see that and it rolls to your link so they can actually see what you were saying, you know, in that moment and walking in three decades for the first time, Norman has his own too. We've shared that as well. And then um, you guys seem to jump in. You want to say something before we go to pastor Archer for final comments and a final prayer. As we close off, Jim, are you still there? Because it looks frozen to me. Okay, I think I think the screen's frozen. So we'll move over to Pastor Pavlowski for final comments. Thank you very much, Pastor. And also to your wife. And uh, say hello to Nathaniel for me. We leave with you this fine day and God's day with final comments and a prayer to close us out on this episode. Yeah, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for your service. I mean... With people like you, and I'm sure that when you are observing what your own leaders are doing to you when you served your entire life to protect the liberty that founding fathers bled and so many died for, it's heartbreaking. I, I So yeah. you, thank you so much for doing this because with people like you, we will not lose. I'm telling you, with people like you, we already won the hyenas just do not know it yet. So I want to end with um, with a simple prayer. Father God, open the eyes of the people. I pray that they will read the, the word of God, the Bible. I pray, Father God, that the truth will set them free wherever they go. I pray that you would give them courage that can face Goliaths. I pray that you would give them boldness to take down the strongholds, faiths that can move the mountains. Father God, I pray that you would give them all the wisdom and the supernatural knowledge how to do this. I pray for the legal things, for the lawyers, for the finances, for everything that you people need for such a time as this. Father God, we come humbly before you and we are saying we need you. We cannot do this on our own. We would be defeated. We would be scared and depressed. But Father God, with you, we know that we have already won. So I pray that you would enter our realm and help us, Father God, to do what yeah. you want us to do. Let us be like the prophet of old when you were looking for a man that will fight wickedness and evildoers. Let us be like the prophet that said, here we are, Lord, use us. Here we are ready to be used by you. And we give you all the glory, Father, for everything. Thank you for bringing us together, keeping us together, focused on the task ahead of us. And thank you, Father God, that we can have a great comfort knowing that we know how the story ends. The truth will win and will set multitudes free. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you. I'm going straight to another show right now. So I'm just going to pause it. It'll drop off. Everybody will be connected. I know Jim's trying to come in back in here, but I got to jump to this next one. God bless you. And thank you. God bless you, God. Thank you so much, everybody. Bye. 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 Hey, dear soul, if you know anybody who needs deep healing, has pain, 
hard time sleeping, stay tuned for these messages from Colonel Chuck Sellers, the former deputy commander of Delta Force. It is powerful and literally may help change your life to revitalize energy, activate stem cells, and live younger reverse aging. I'm telling you, I, Michelle will tell you because she watches me, okay? So, you know, you saw me, Brad, yeah. that time when my back was so bad. You remember we were, yeah. you were here. Yeah. And you said, this is, we got to do something. Yeah. Well, the, I have a, my left, my Robin, my left knee is destroyed. I mean, it's, it's uh, totally rebuilt and then five operations. But you have to tell thing. about your back. And, and my back, my back is a, is a, uh, it's a disseminated idiopathic skeletal hyperostosis dish disease, which is a degenerative back disease that's genetically passed down. But what it leads to is total calcification of the spine. And, and so jumping out of airplanes just made it come quicker. Yeah, I didn't know that I had it until <laughs> until 2002, yeah. after I'd been in the army for 24 years. Wow. And um jumping and all of the parachute jumping and the opening shock and everything. So when I was, what, 48 when I got out, something like that. And one application of the patch later. We went to a rodeo on Saturday, our first day. Literally, we went to a rodeo on Saturday. <laughs> and it was maybe six to seven hours. And he wasn't slumped over and he couldn't okay. handle it. No pain. It was like it pretty... Incredible. That was the first day. That was your first day wearing them. That was the first day. One. Wow. That was the first day. One. Are you wearing X39 too or just Ice Wave? No, just no, Ice Wave just, right now. The way we did it, I just have, I've only done the Ice Wave. Yes. All I have used so far is the Ice Wave, the two patch thing. And um, I, I'm doing it uh, just over three days now. I find that where I needed, I did try it on the behind the neck. The first day, but what's here? What really would, where it helps is to put it right on where it really hurts is my lower back across the pelvis. And I put it on the spine there and then down on my lower left leg. On top of the foot so the first day. So it goes through the bad knee. That's it now. But I, since I put these things on, that's how I feel. I mean, I'm walking straight. I'm not limping. Thanks for joining us on the program, ladies and gentlemen. Please like, follow, subscribe, share this with nine friends and family. And of course, if you enjoy our blinged Buddha firing red pills from his nine mil, let us know.